Hi, I'm Monica. And I'm Urbi, and you're listening to YA Book. In today's episode, we are going to be recommending time-based books. So, how are you? How is life? I'm good. Summer holidays have started, and I don't mm-hmm. really have a lot to do these days, so I'm which reading is great. a lot. Yeah, which is great. I'm reading a lot. I'm swimming also, and also watching TV. Nice. What about you? I mean, my summer holidays have also started, but lately I've just been going on like guilty TV binging um, stuff. Not reading a whole lot, but reading a bit more than I did while school was going on. I've had some very unproductive weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm disturbed by it because I haven't started on my holiday homework. Uh, so what are you reading? I think so. I finished not like in the movies by Kanako Okiran, and uh, we actually we interviewed her on the book, and um, that episode is coming up next week. So that was good. Quite an interesting plot and an interesting concept. I also finished The Shape of Thunder by Jasmine Varga, which was good but really disturbing. Like it was really well written, but it was it, it had me sobbing, like downright sobbing at the ending. It's about two um two seventh graders who it's about so one of the girls one of the girls older sibling um ended the other's older sibling's life in a school shooting um and it's about how they have to grapple with the grief of losing both their siblings uh, one of them has to grapple with the truth that like she saw she saw what was happening to her brother and she couldn't stop him and um they try to time travel to help to fix things, but then eventually they realize they have to move on. And it's so, it was just, it got me to the bone because it was just, it was very real because uh, like having a sibling, reading a book like that, it was just, it was so real because anybody can lose a sibling, right? So I don't know, it, it was just, I'm I'm still like kind of haunted by it. And then I also am currently reading uh, Thunderhead, which is the second book in the Scythe series uh, by Neil Shusterman. Um, and it's good because, um, yeah, it's, pre- it's a pretty good series. It's about a perfect world where an AI, sort of AI, but more like a presence called the Thunderhead um, has basically fixed all of Earth's problems. But the Thunderhead can't control death. So for that, you have Scythes who are supposed to administer death fairly and they're very honorable. But what happens when that goes wrong? What happens when scythes start enjoying taking lives, which they're not supposed to? It was quite interesting. And also um, at a book event, I had the chance to start um, What If It's Us by Becky Albertalli, uh, which was hilarious and so, so cute. It's uh, like a meet cute, but then it's like a meet cute and then they lose each other again. So I wasn't able to finish it because the event ended, but I currently have it on hold um, on the library and I'm going to finish it. And I have a feeling I'm going to love it because it's, oh, sorry, it's Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvera. So like, what more do you need? Yeah, I have that book actually. So I'm planning to read that soon. Yeah. Oh, you do? I told you that. Oh, cool. And then you said you were going to borrow it and then you decided to read it before. Oh, Okay, but like I will get it in maybe three to four weeks, so I'll be able to finish it then, hopefully. It's kind of hard being like in the middle of the story mentally, but I'm managing. 
What about you? I started reading um, A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is a series by Sarah J. Maas. If you don't know Sarah J. Maas, she's famous for her uh, first series, Throne of Glass. And I read the first book of that, but I forgot it. So I'm going to reread it again, like in the coming weeks. Basically, A Court of Thorns and Roses is about this human girl called uh, Fere. And she lives in a world where um, the humans and the fairies are divided by a wall so that the fairies won't enslave the humans. Uh, but, like, everyone's struggling. Fere, Fere, um, her family is poor and impoverished since her mom died and her dad lost all his possessions. And one winter, she goes to the woods to hunt because she has to provide for her family. And she sees a deer... And that is being followed by a wolf. So she decides to kill the wolf so she can get the prey. And she kills it. Uh, she takes the deer and she goes home. A few days later, somebody comes to her house and takes her to the other side of the wall where all the fairies stay uh, uh, to pay for its death. And um, soon she starts falling in love with the guy who took her to Prithian, which is the fairy land uh, above the human territory in their area. In their area. Uh, she has to try and save him from an ancient curse, but she doesn't know what exactly the curse is. And then I read the three books in this series, uh, the A Court of Thorns and Roses, A Court of Mist and Fury, A Court of Wings and Ruin. A Court of Mist and Fury is really good. I like it a lot. I like Rysand, Asriel, and Cassian. Mostly Asriel and Rysand, because they're amazing. Um, then now I'm reading A Core of Frost and Starlight, which is 3.1, book 3.1, so basically kind of a novella. I've only read, like, the first chapter, so I'm still getting into it. And then after that, there's another, like, kind of spin-off series, but with the same people, which is narrated by Fairy's sister, Nesta, and a core of, it's called The Court of Silver Flames, and I might wait for a while before reading that, because I've heard that it is not very appropriate for my age. So maybe like a year or two years. And then yesterday, I started reading This Is Where It Ends by Maria K. Nijkamp. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Basically, it's about a school shooting. And it's from the perspectives of like four people. So the, then the assembly, like the, the auditorium and the principal is finishing giving the start of a semester speech. And then they realize that the auditorium doors won't open and one door opens and someone comes in they start shooting and uh it's this whole book is set over 54 minutes and it's 288 pages so it's a lot of like going back in time and thinking about what they did wrong and um all the people who die you know that like a lot of people are gonna die but then you still get attached because there's one character who died who i liked a lot so yeah that was um, a very, very emotional, very, very um, sad book. And I finished it today morning. Yeah, that was what I was reading. Good for you. That sounds like some very productive reading sessions. And also, they sound like good books. You basically just made me want to read all of them. Okay. So now, um, getting into the recomm- actual recommendations I was supposed mm-hmm. to do after 10 minutes. But yeah, okay. Okay, so my first book is The Amazing Story of Adolphus Tips by Michael Malpolko. 
this is this is like early middle grade and i read this book when i was maybe 9 or 10 so i don't remember it very well and i'm sorry if i um if i miss out any details here is what i gathered from the goodreads blog and my you know filled with holes memory it is about a young girl called lily who lives in a seaside village in 1943 so this means that it's world war 2 because michael mopogos just writes a lot about world war 2 and she's basically she and her village are kind of like moved to outside of it so that um soldiers can practice their landings for d day and um they can sort of use the area but her cat called adolphus tips um he doesn't obviously he doesn't understand this so he kind of goes missing and he's inside the war zone um or the practice war zone or whatever where dangerous stuff is happening she has to get two soldiers to help her find the cat then you fast forward to 60 years later i think these are um dual narratives but i'm not quite sure it is a boy called michael who is reading his grandma's diary basically the diary is also telling the story of adolphus tips of course there are relations between the two because they're family but then there's also like more revelations um uh, like i think michael then at the end of the book i'm not spoiling but like he meets somebody from lily's past who is mentioned in the diary and um it's related to time because dual narratives and i recommend it for like really little kids like maybe <laughs> okay not really little but i recommend it for um early middle grade readers it's quite good, well written as are most of michael malpurgo's books and also you can read it if you're older also yeah you can because we don't do barriers here um my Except second if it's book not for younger readers that we do barriers yeah 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 of course like don't read red white and royal blue if you're under the age of 16 we shouldn't have either true <clears throat> okay yeah i mean um my second book is a christmas carol by charles dickens which is obviously a classic but for anybody who's been living under a rock it is christmas time It's a Christmas story, and there's this um old man called Ebenezer Scrooge, who's a miser. He's grumpy the entire time. He can't stand the thought of anybody else enjoying themselves, and especially not at Christmas. He just hates Christmas. So um then he sees the ghost of his um dead business partner, and the ghost is like Scrooge. You need to stop being such a Scrooge because that's a saying now. And then um the ghost kind of shows him the the ghosts of christmas past christmas present and christmas future and and that's how it's related to time <laughs> but um it, it's a classic for a reason it's like it's a it's a sort of fun story but i don't know because i read the abridged version so i'm assuming it's a it's a well written story also it's by charles dickens that for people like anika i know i know who charles dickens is okay uh, good for you <laughs> okay so I have very fixed genres of what I read and I don't venture out of these genres a lot except for when I'm reading for the podcast of course. Okay, I have adopted that as my life's mission. We will get you to read more random stuff. Uh, and um so I don't have a lot of time related books. I have six and actually two of them yeah. or we thought of, but I had read them so she's like you just do it. And um okay, anyways, the first one is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. the first book actually uh, by Holly Jackson it's a series of three books um i read the first to the third one i stopped like quarter to or halfway in 
because it was very, very, very boring for me at least. Uh, uh, the first two books are pretty good. Basically, Good Girl's Guide to Murder is about, and I've recommended this in the Murder Mysteries uh, recommendations too. Go check that out if you want to read more Murder Mysteries or whatever. And um, so, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, basically, there's this girl called Pip, Pippa Fitz and Moby, and she, for her senior project, they're taking on a case that was closed five years ago, but she doesn't believe. Okay, so she didn't uh, believe that the person who's believed to be the murderer was actu- actually murdered the girl who died. Uh, and this happened five years ago. So she basically tries and takes up the case with the help of the the person who was believed to be the murderer's brother. Both of them try and uh, figure out who actually did it. Yeah. So go read the book. It's good. <laughs> so my next book is Moon Over Manifest by Claire Vanderpool. Um, it is set in the Great Depression. Uh, so that's, I think, in the 1960s or something. I'm not quite sure, but um, it is sometime in the 1900s, mid-1900s, okay? Um, so the main character um, called Abilene is sent to this sleepy, washed-up town called Manifest by her father. And he used to live in Manifest when he was younger. Um... So, I mean, she's heard all these great stories by from her father about how lively the town was and how he had so much fun there. But the town's very, like like I said, it's very washed up and gray because people are facing economic hardships. People are just tired. And yeah, it's it's not at all what she thought it was. So she finds herself owing a debt to this, this mysterious woman called Miss Sadie. And while she's helping pay the debt off by like, helping Miss Sadie clean her house. Something along the lines of that. I think she's like fixing stuff or cleaning. I don't remember. And Miss Sadie goes into this sort of trance and she tells her a, a weird story about two boys in the same town years ago. And obviously, Abilene can't figure out how she's connected to the boys or why Miss Sadie is telling her this because she's never heard of these two boys doesn't know who they are and even weirder she has this box that she found under a loose floorboard in her room and it contains objects which are in the stories that miss sadie is telling her so that's cool um it's dual narratives sort of because miss sadie is telling stories and then those are chapters and then there's also chapters of abilene so it's quite a good book it was very fun to read and i loved it um my next book is when you reach me by so my next book is when you reach me by rebecca stead i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing that wrong but i think that's how it's pronounced so when you reach me is about um a girl called miranda i think she's in sixth or seventh grade sixth grade yeah sixth grade and she starts receiving these mysterious messages from somebody who like seems to know about things before they actually happen she can't figure out who's sending the messages and, and how they know about things because all their predictions seem to come true. And um, later she figures out that they're trying to tell her about like this tragic death that's going to happen and she has to figure out who's writing them and then prevent the death. So I'd be spoiling the story if I revealed how it was connected to time. So this is a book for younger readers, both this and Moon Over Manifest. Okay, moving on. So my... Book. 
one last um, talk by Casey McQuiston. Okay, so I mentioned that I was reading this, I think, in the last podcast episode, but I, yeah, and I finished it. Basically, it's about this girl called August who moves to New York, um, and her whole childhood has been filled with her mom obsessing over a case of her missing brother, like the mom's missing brother, thinking that he's still alive and that um, they can find him. So August didn't really have, like, a childhood in that sense. So she moves to New York and she starts falling in love with it and she meets a girl on the subway, Jane, uh, who wears leather jackets and has a cassette tape and um, loves 70s music and she slowly starts falling in love with her and then she realizes that Jane has been displaced in time and she's from uh, the 1970s. So uh, that starts them like trying to figure out how how it happened and how they can help Jane because she's stuck on the subway. She can't get off the subway. So yeah, I like the book a lot. It was, I would recommend it for older readers since Casey McQuinston, she's also the person who wrote, uh, who wrote Red, White and Royal Blue. So her books are for older readers. Yeah. So be cautioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to read this one because... It just, it seems quite interesting. And again, I love Casey McQuiston. She's quite a good writer. So I'm excited to read this one. It's on my TBR. And if it's not, I will add it in after we finish recording for sure. Um, so my next yeah. book is Echo by Pam Munoz Ryan. It's about children who are all connected by a harmonica. So let me explain. So there's this young boy um, called Otto. I think that's how you pronounce it. Probably who's playing hide and seek and this is then i'm not quite sure what year but i think it's like early 1900s like maybe before 1920 ish so he's playing hide and seek and he goes into this forbidden wood and um he gets lost and he meets three magical sisters who give him um a magical harmonica okay so it has a very enchanting sound and it's very different somehow it's just it just has this magical feel to it so uh he knows it's special and he takes it back home and then via different circumstances the harmonica gets passed to three different children over the entire century who each have to deal with uh, like their own problems and they're connected by their love of music and their of course their ability to play the harmonica so with the help of the harmonica and their love of music, they have to kind of work through the problems that they face, whether they're personal or um, they're war-related, because um, all the children are also living in um, in very famous historical periods, whether it's World War Two in one of the children's case, or the war between the Japanese and the Americans. I'm not quite sure what that's actually called, but that that war. And then later, of course, their stories come together in like a magical way because that's what I love about your narratives. It's it's very well written. Um, it's actually more about music than time because uh, music is just a constant thread in the story. There's um, it's all, a lot of like parts in the book are about music. The audiobook's great too, actually, because um, it has of course the soundtracks and the music going on in the background, so it's quite magical. Like, in the end, they're all in different time periods, and it is about time, historical periods, like the wars, 
they're important to the story so i would say it's sort of about time my next book is the accidental time traveler by janice mckay i think that's how you pronounce that name um it's about a young boy called saul who finds a girl called agatha in the middle of the road and she seems to like not be from the modern day she's wearing this sort of ruffled dress she has no idea what traffic is uh she has she's very confused and she's probably going to be run over by a car sooner or later so he takes her to his hideout actually i think it's a hideout because again i read this book a few years ago and he basically he finds out that she's a time traveler from the 1800s her, whose father kind of discovered a method to send her across time um and he has to help her get back so obviously it's directly connected wow. to time it's quite it's it's a fun book it's um middle grade or like even younger and it's it's just really cute it was it was a fun book okay so my next book is the lucky list by rachel lippincott it is romance it is a uh, lesbian romance and um i read this i think the beginning the first book i read this year was this book yeah uh there's about this girl called emily who um her mom died 3 years ago and because of cancer and sh- this summer everything's like ruined for her her dad's selling her house she ruined things with her boyfriend Matt and the only person that she can talk to is Blake a friend of her uh, the daughter of a friend of her dad's who moved back in the town uh, they find an old bucket list of Emily's mother's in a box uh, with all the things she did her summer year so they decide to do that this whole summer and throughout all that they start to have feelings for each other and Emily was not expecting that and she doesn't want to accept that part of herself because she never told her mom how she feels and she can't tell her anymore like because her mom's gone so she doesn't want to admit that she has something that her mom doesn't know about yeah so it's a really really interesting book and it's kind of like a displacement out of time thing but like her mom did that that time and she did that this time so it's just like following in footsteps So yeah. That that also sounds interesting. I'm going to read all these books. Thanks for growing my TBR even further. Uh, okay. Yeah. No so, problem. my next book is A Long Walk to Water by Linda Sue Park. It's actually based on a true story. So, she actually interviewed somebody who faced these issues and then wrote a book about it. It set it on the water crisis in Sudan. and it's told in alternating sections like it's told in dual narratives basically so the first um character is a boy in sudan in 1985 called salva and um his village is ravaged by war and he has to walk away from his village along with many many other refugees um and search for a place to stay search for his family and these people are called the lost boys the lost boys of sudan so he has to face a lot of hardships um across his path and he loses a lot of people and he goes through a very difficult journey um now the second character is called nia in 2008 and she is she fetches water from a pond uh and she does a total 4 hour 4 hour journey by foot to fetch water every day 
Well, actually, I'm not going to tell you how their stories intersect because it's quite interesting and I don't want to spoil it. Needless to say, it's a good book and uh, it's it's quite highly acclaimed and for good reason. It's I feel like in literature, especially children's literature, we see the same issues tackled over and over again, like World War II or racism in the US or all those kinds of issues. But you know, there are other stories in the world too about slightly smaller countries who have equal hardships, if not more. So I think this this book was interesting because I'd never read a book set in Sudan before. And it was, it it showed me that there are bigger problems in the world than like what I need to wear and, you know, my homework and all those yeah. petty things that like we in privileged households and lives live. It's It's quite a touching book and it's important to give children these kinds of stories so that we understand like the gravity of of complicated situations and like we understand that people's lives aren't always easy and literature is important Mm -hmm. for that reason i think anyway so that was a monologue that was um kind of unneeded but my next book is around the world in 80 days by jules Verne. And this book is, again, a classic. So basically, it's about this very privileged and rich man called Phileas Fogg, who places a bet with his friends after reading an article in the newspaper saying that he will travel around the world in 80 days. Um, And if he makes it, then he wins the bet. If he doesn't, then they win the bet. So he basically, he's a very, he's a man of habit. He, you know, he goes to the same places at the same time every day. And he lives this very routine existence and enjoys it. But he breaks that habit and he goes on a journey around the world with his valet called Passport. What his valet's name is or how to pronounce it, but he's French, so you get the picture. So basically, they they travel around the world and um, it's quite interesting and kind of a frustrating book because two reasons. Number one, because he has a you know, time limit and he has a goal that he needs to reach. He doesn't sightsee in a single location and it's the most frustrating thing ever. Like, he's in Italy, but he's not gonna, like, go and see the amazing waterways or the bridges or anything. No, he's gonna sit in his hotel, eat breakfast, book tickets for the next place and move on. It's very frustrating. The second reason it's frustrating is because... um. It it was set in colonial times, the book, it was written in colonial times, It the characters living in colonial times, and um, when he's passing through India, um, it had some very disturbing, like not disturbing, but it had some very annoying ways of talking about Indian locals, which were very colonialist, very biased, or close-minded, and I didn't like that because... It's just, it's annoying to know that there were like British civilians passing through India and thinking that we were all savages because I don't think so. I don't think we were, but yeah. Apart from that, it was an interesting book because it, 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 he does travel across the world, even though he doesn't actually sightsee even a little bit. And it was, it was an interesting story. So I would say that, um, it's does, it's a little outdated and it's got some annoying, um, information in it but other than that it's it's decent yeah that's cool my next book is a thousand boy kisses by tilly cole so i read this book like last year and this book is about a girl 
uh, called Poppy and a boy called Rune, and both of them were best friends um, when they were children. And Poppy's grandma, before she died, actually gave Poppy a jar that said a thousand boy kisses on the like outside. And every time she kissed that one boy, who's like that the special boy, the one for her, on like write down exactly what happened on the card and put it inside the jar. And basically, Rune, after when he's like 15, I think, he shifts back to Norway because he's Norwegian. They break off, he break, Poppy breaks off all contact with him. He does not know why. And when he finds out the truth, which would be a very big spoiler, and that is also why it's connected to time, and I can't tell you guys, uh, he finds that his heart is going to break more because it's um, something really sad. Yeah, anyways. Truly Devious, uh, it's a series by Maureen Johnson, and I've read the first two, I have to finish the third one, That's and then there's a standalone book with the same character uh, as the fourth book, it's standalone, so you don't have to read the first three, it's called The Box in the Woods, basically, Truly Devious, uh, it's set in this uh, school called Ellingham Academy, which is like, in the hills in like Vermont in America and it's for all like pe- people to nurture their talents and creativity. Basically when the school actually started the um, owner Albert Ellingham his wife and daughter were kidnapped and taken away. This is like in 1930s and in the present and I think I don't know when it was set like just the present Stevie is um, a girl who got into Ellingham because of true crime, like that's her passion, that's what she wants to do. And um, she she takes it upon herself to try and figure out what exactly happened to the Ellinghams, even though it happened like 90 years ago or something. So that's why it's about time. And also someone gets murdered in the present day, so she has to try and figure out what happened there. So yeah, basically that's truly devious. My next book is Restart by Gordon Coleman. Um, so it's about a boy called Chase, who I think he's in middle school, but not quite sure. He The books seem to be like middle grade, y, like early YA or late middle grade. I'm not quite sure. So basically, he suddenly wakes up in a hospital. It just starts with that. And he wakes up with, you know, he... He has serious amnesia. He doesn't remember anything about his life except for his name. So he goes back to school eventually and he meets some very mixed reactions. Some people are like worshipping him. Some people seem to hate him so much. One girl pours her frozen yogurt on his head. And then like slowly when he like interacts with his past friends and he talks to some people, he realizes that his past life was far from perfect and his past self was far from perfect. He had a great life, but he wasn't always doing the right things. So, as he figures out more and more about why he hit his head um, and fell off his roof, about why people hate him, why some people love him, and who he was, what he did to people, he realizes that he basically has to change. And he has to have the strength to do that because it's never easy to break the mold that people have of you so he has to kind of figure out how to how to change apologize 
but then in a way that shows that he means it and like truly truly fix everything that he's done wrong so far so it's a really good book it's related to time because well i mean there are like there are some flashbacks and um some i i can't really explain how it's related to time actually i'm not sure if it's a very solidly related book but it was good it's also told in um from different perspectives which makes it all the more interesting because you kind of learn about what Chase did before he does i think my next book is station 11 by emily st john mandel and i love this book so much it was on my um top 10 of 2021 list it's a beautifully written book it's definitely about time it's told from many perspectives many times many um many people but it's all they all connect to one man they're all related to one man somehow or the other basically one one night there's a production of king lear who uh, where a famous hollywood actor is playing the main character but suddenly he just dies because of a heart attack he just collapses hours later a virus is revealed to have made its way into the world and it's a very very infectious and dangerous virus with a 99% mortality rate and it's super contagious so within weeks the entire world is just dead or, or most of it there are very very few survivors but there are some people and some people worked with author in the production of king lear some people didn't but are related to him in different ways so basically it tells slowly through different perspectives through different points of time you piece together who arthur was how he's important to all these people and how civilization is going to move on from the heavy heavy deaths it suffered so it it's quite a it's a beautifully written book it really makes you think about mortality about how we aren't invincible as a species at all and it's it's beautiful it's just beautiful um the way that everybody connects to each other is so so well done it just completely blew my mind and it's beautiful mm-hmm. also it makes you feel better about covid-19 because look we all didn't die so that's something right yeah and uh, moving on to and then there were none by agatha christie um we did this book for one of our podcast episodes i think our second one uh, when we were doing murder mysteries so go check that out Uh, so basically, and then there were none. It's about these strangers who are invited to an island, soldier island, for some reason, and they don't know why. Well, well, they think that they know why, but they don't know why. Okay, so they start dying one by one, and because of crimes they had committed in the past. But those crimes they couldn't be touched by the law. So someone, uh, someone decided to take things. into their own hands and um kill them for yep for what they did so kind of intense book very intense book um but very well written actually uh my last book is mrs dalloway by virginia wolf i don't know if um you can tell that i am actually just doing these in the order that i read them but yeah not important <laughs> so mrs dalloway is about this Basically she's a rich woman in her 50s called Mrs. Clarissa Dalloway. She's basically planning a party. This is all told in the span of one day, so that could be viewed as how it's related to time. And basically it's she's preparing for the party, but then she's also reminiscing about her past. She's kind of thinking about how she's reaching like sort of the end of her life, you know, the twilight of her life and what she's done, she's 
thinking about who she was as a person, the impact she could have had in the world. Basically, she's having a midlife crisis, so that part I didn't really relate to, you know? But then also, uh, interspersed with Clarissa's narr- uh, narrative, is, is are the narratives of people around her, people who she might just walk past on the street, or maybe her husband, maybe, um, maybe, maybe like her young ex-lover, all these people who she met with, interacted with, most importantly her, but then also everybody else, and it's their their perspectives of the world, their child, their trials, their tri- tribulations. Yeah, it's it's kind of related to time, but then also it's a very deep book. Like it's she uses the whole lot of semicolons for one, which is her entire writing style. Like each sentence will span a paragraph because she's just used so many semicolons instead of full stops. And so it's it's a very like flowy book, but then also there are like there are these random sentences like she'll just like describe the color of the leaves really poetically, you know. Or she'll describe like the the falling like the afternoon sun. She spent she spent about half a page talking about how Big Ben chimes and how cool that is. <laughs> so it it's it's also like it's just a book that'll like have you lost in the words and just like swimming in them because it's just so beautiful. It's like honey. Really wordy. Also, I recommend it to like people above the age of forty because we don't understand it. Like, I don't really get what's going on in half the book, or maybe maybe not half the book, but some of the book. Okay, so now moving on to the last book, *We Were Liars* by E. Lockhart. The first half was building up to something. First three quarters, actually, and we didn't know what. But then the plot twist happened, and it was not a happy ending because it was very sad but anyways um it's about this girl who like she goes to an island with like her whole family uh for the summers like her granddad's rich and all and then um something happened to her three years ago and she doesn't know what and none of like her cousins or her aunts and uncles or her mom is telling her what exactly happened when they go to the island again so she tries to sort through her memory. She has amnesia from like that period. So she tries to sort through her memories and uh, she slowly starts to piece together what exactly happened. When the realization hits, she doesn't believe it with like good reason because it's very unbelievable. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, if you guys remember Anvi, she... Um, she came as a guest in one of our uh episodes to all. It was the, the boys. to all the boys episode, so that um the episode wouldn't just become me and on me and Anika whining about it. It would yeah. have some balance. So basically, Anvi, she recommended Cassandra Clare. Uh, she did. She also suggested that we do the Infernal Devices books in order, <laughs> um, because oh. she thinks those are the best of um Cassandra Clare and um it's a time period novel and it's also fantasy so basically I have convinced Ori to do it Uh, no it wasn't just her it was literally like her and Anvi and then I just broke I broke so we have decided to do um uh, what is the first Clockwork Angel by Cassandra Clare for our next episode which is coming in like two weeks and then we're going to see if Urvi has the mindset to do the other we two will books. See, yes. um, I refuse we'll to probably, have a mind block. Either we probably are going to do the two other books because, you know, 
because Urvi's I like literature and I'm not fussy, but like we'll see. And then, uh, and then Urvi's going to make me read Pride and Prejudice, so that's fine. Yes, later. Okay. Not yeah. right now, but later. Yeah. So, um, thank you for listening. Um, uh, we hope that you grow your TBR because that is our goal during these recommendation episodes. Mm-hmm. We hope that you enjoyed the episode as well. Our theme music is by Silent Partner. Subscribe so you're updated on our new episodes and share with fellow book lovers. We have a blog. Well, we used to post weekly, but now we occasionally frequent and like choose to publish posts. So please check that out. We also have a Spotify account where we've compiled some playlists for our previous books. Um, the um, and they both die at the end, and all the other playlists are coming up soon, eventually, maybe, hopefully. Next, we will be reading, like you heard, Clockwork Angel by Cassandra Clare. Um, read ahead if you want, and we'd love it if you send us an email about your thoughts on this book, any other book we've done thus far, or recommendations for books. Literally anything book-related, but don't take this as an excuse to send us more Cassandra Clare emails. Please, thank you. Next week, we'll- there's going to be an interview with a young adult author, uh, Kanako Kiran. Uh, please check that out. It's about her book, uh, Not Like in the Movies. Yeah. Yes. So we will feature you on the podcast if you send us those emails. Bye. Bye. In today's episode, we are going to be... Re- 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 <laughs> hmm.